reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Have you ever had the experience of giving someone a gift only to find out that the gift wasn't appreciated? or may even be rejected. That can be true with a thing. It can be true with oneself. You give yourself to another, or you love another, and your love isn't appreciated or rejected. It can be a very painful thing because the other doesn't understand. And yet we do that continually with God and don't really think much about it. The greatest gift of all we fail to appreciate and very often reject or even throw it back in his face. I've often said that this is the most difficult Sunday of the year to preach because you're preaching about the greatest of all mysteries, the mystery of God's own life, the Trinity. And really, there's not much you can say about it, so you have to say the same thing over and over and over again, because the mystery is such that we can only confine ourselves to a small part of it. Strange, though, isn't it, that while we cannot understand the Trinity, we can passionately love someone we don't understand, The problem, of course, comes, as always, in understanding this reality because we want to always simplify it onto our level, and that's not God. People do that all the time. They're always creating their own gods, uh, something that's comfortable and containable. What do we have? All you and I understand is one nature and one person. That's all we really can understand because that's our experience. What is a nature? A nature answers the question, what? What is that a dog? What is that a cat? What is that a tree? What am I, a human being? It tells me what I am. Who tells tells you about The person. The person answers the question, who? 
Susie Smith, Jack Jones, whoever. Now, in our experience, we have one what and one who. We can understand that. In the case of God, we have one what and three who's. And we can, can't grasp that. Three distinct persons. Now, if you're going to tell me they were simply three different ways of looking at God, God, I can understand that. But three distinct persons in one divine nature, each one perfectly and fully God, not just part, each one perfectly and fully God. You know, there are three creeds in the church, traditional ones, the Apostles' Creed that we all know, the Nicene Creed that we will say shortly, and the Athanasian Creed. The Athanasian Creed, well, if we were going to say the Athanasian Creed, we'd be here for another hour. Um, It's a long creed. St. Athanasius was trying to convey to us the nature of the Trinity. Read it sometime. It's really a beautiful creed, but again, the more we learn about the Trinity, the more confused we become. It's one of those mysteries that constantly is leaving us wanting more and never really quite getting home, because it can't. You remember the story of St. Augustine as he was walking along the seashore trying to understand the Trinity. St. Augustine wrote a lot on the Trinity. Sometimes go and look and see how much he wrote on it. <clears throat> so did St. Thomas Aquinas. And he's trying to understand the Trinity. And he's, remember he saw a little boy by the shore of the sea who had dug a hole. <clears throat> and he had a shell and he was taking the water from the sea and pouring it into the hole. And St. Augustine said to the little boy, what are you doing? <clears throat> and the little boy said, I'm going to empty the ocean into this hole. And St. Augustine realized that emptying the ocean into that hole was like trying to understand the Trinity. You simply can't do it. But again, we can love the Trinity and know the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. To us, they seem to be acting in different ways, and yet they are all acting together. The strange thing is that God did the unthinkable. Instead of just leaving us with this mystery that overwhelms us, the second person, without ceasing to be God, took our nature and came to earth. That's this gospel. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. <clears throat> Those are the words in Latin on that painting over there. Sic Deus delexit mundum, for God so loved the world. And we can never separate that now from the suffering and death of Christ. For God so loved the world is very nice until we consider the price of God's love. That God would now be able to come and dwell in his creatures. We know that when we were baptized, the Trinity came to dwell in us. As I always say at baptism, if God did something less, we might be able to appreciate it more. But he gave us himself, he gave us the divine life. We call that sanctifying grace. But it doesn't overwhelm us, does it? You might say to God, please give me something that I can really appreciate. Give me fame, wealth, power, pleasure, but not yourself, because I can't grasp it. You come to dwell in me, I therefore become capable of you. I can become, as St. Thomas Aquinas put it, the kapox day, a capacity for God. I'm now capable of sanctity. I'm now capable of heaven because you came to dwell in me. And yet, how easily we ignore that or even reject that life. That's what mortal sin is. In mortal sin, it's not as though the life left us. We drive it out. We drive the life of God out of ourselves and we become empty. 
which is why in order to receive the Eucharist, the bread of life, when we are spiritually dead, we have to be reconciled to the church through the sacrament of reconciliation, through confession. To once, but notice how quickly God wants to give us back his life. He could simply say, okay, you rejected it, you don't get it anymore. That's it. He doesn't do that, though. He wants us to receive that life back again and again and again whenever we lose it. He wants us to keep it all the time. The goal is not to lose it, but to keep it and to, for it to grow in us. I will say that at baptisms, too. God gives us his divine life to grow in us every day. God's life isn't static. But every time we move towards God, that life grows in us. It's supposed to. Here again, grace either grows or it dies. There are no middle roads. There are no plateaus where we can say enough. That life is meant to grow. But as I said, we so easily want to throw it away uh, and reject it. But that's not why we were given it. We were given it that we might become like God. So we can never say, you and I can never say, well, I'm only human. No, we aren't. If the life of God is in us, we are not only human. We are capable, as I said, of sanctity. We are capable of the divine life. We are capable of the kingdom of heaven. Not on our own, because we can never do it on our own, but because God has made it possible. That's why we can merit. I can't merit anything on my own, but with the grace of God I can. How beautiful a thing that is, that God should do that. You know, at the Reformation, the Reformation, the Reformers said, no, 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 no. In baptism, it's just that we begin to look differently to God. God looks at us in a different way, through rose-colored glasses. As Luther said, we are simply mounds of dung covered with snow. We look good, but underneath we're still decrepit. And the church said, no, that isn't the way it is. We become a new creation. As with St. Paul, St. Paul said, we become a new creation. God comes to dwell in us. We are a totally transformed being. We are now beautiful, with a beauty that we don't want to lose. And so, uh, we come today to enter once again into this great mystery. As I said, the good news is that God took our nature to come into the world. You notice, in the first few verses of Genesis, the Trinity is given to us in a glimpse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. The light is the sun. But you don't know, think of that. Perhaps this is the best we can do. The Father, and again, when we talk about this, it all seems as though it's cause and effect, and it's not. And it all seems like it's happening over time, and it isn't. And it always seems as though the Father is greater than one, but it isn't. The Father has one thought, one thought only, and that thought is the Word. The thought is a distinct person, the Son. And the love between the Father and the Son is a distinct person, the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. Remember that was part of the argument in the 11th century when the Orthodox broke off from the Church um, over whether the, Holy Fa- whether the Holy Spirit proceeded just from the Father or from the Father and the Son, and the Church said no, from the Father and the Son. Um, and that is the Trinity, one great act of love. It's not just one person loving himself. It's one great act of love. And since God is reflected in his world and in his creation, you and I then 
are reflections of that. And the Trinity in particular, the greatest reflection of the Trinity that we experience is in human love and the family. That's the way God put the Trinity into the world. Mother, father, child. That's the human Trinity that reflects the existence of God. And every family should be a reflection of the Trinity, um, of that perfection. And that's what we should strive to be by way of that love. Again, a great mystery, but a mystery that we can internalize and know. So, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Uh, We always, again, look at the crucifix and at that painting. I think that's one of the beauties of that painting, that that's the price of God's love, that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. You know, you see that all the time in posters and things, uh, John 3.16, but you never see the crucifix. You never see that painting or anything like it either. We don't want to think about the price. We just want to think about the love. Well, God's love isn't sentimental. It's sacrificial. And we will enter into that now. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you rejoicing in your life and trusting in your mercy. For the church throughout the world, that she will always respond to the great gift of God's life dwelling in her, especially the church suffering, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, that they may come to know Jesus Christ, may come to know the Father and the Holy Spirit present in their midst, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, for those who experience loneliness, frustration, confusion, that they may know the healing power of the Trinity. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith, we pray to the Lord. For a greater respect for human life, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, and those young men and women who will respond to the indwelling of the Trinity within them to proclaim the kingdom of God, for a greater reverence for the grace present in marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our administrator, our future bishop, for a good and strong bishop, for our priests, deacons, seminarians, and the American hierarchy, that they will first reflect upon the grace in them and then be visible signs of it, we pray to the Lord. For the souls of the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, that they may gaze upon the Trinity. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed And for all of us here, that we will be aware of and protect the divine life that comes to us in baptism, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of the Lord as we sing. <laughs> 